Good morning, Houston, FloridaDaily.net, and I'm Kim Parr. I'm at Surfaces in Las Vegas, and I'm with Keith Hughes, an analyst with Truist. Keith, how you doing? Doing fine. How are you? Good. We haven't talked in a long time. little background, you follow the publicly traded companies in the flooring business, in interior finishes business, and the Truist name is the name for SunTrust and BB&T now merged, right? Yeah, the two banks merged. I guess we're a year and a half into it right now, so they brought the two franchises together. I work, I'm a, it's called a sell-side research analyst. As you said, I cover the public companies in the space. Not as many as there used to be, but I, I do cover those. I, actually, I cover a lot of different building products, consumer durables, but the one I follow the longest is flooring. I, actually, services is the first trade show I went to when I got in this industry, so it's one that's near and dear to my heart. And are you mid-50s? How old are you? I'm 51, or 151, as my kids say, something like that. <laughs> okay, exactly. All right, first question for you. It looks like since the middle, early to middle May, the publicly traded companies in the space, and I'm talking about Mohawk, Dixie, Floor and Decor, they, they've seen a little bit of a dip, you know, maybe a 10, 15% dip in the value of their stock price. What's driving that? Well, you could actually extend that to pretty much anything that's a home-related products company or a home builder or anything like that. There's one common theme. Well, I guess there's really two common themes. One, we've seen in the home buying market, businesses kind of lightened up sequentially. If you look at mortgage application data, which is probably the best way to get a forward look on a house order, if you will. Again, applications for purchase, not refinancing. But for purchase, they were running up double digits on a two-year basis. Again, taking out last year because it was so weird. And that's decelerated starting about April and through May and through actually a report we got today, down to a you know low to mid single digit type number. And it's just been a loss of momentum going on here in housing. We'll talk about more why in a second. But anyway, that's the number one reason the stocks are down. The second reason, too, is that you know, Wall Street is very worried about inflation. The Fed kind of reiterated again that the inflation we're seeing is temporary given the kind of restart in the economy. Some in Wall Street are convinced and some aren't. Interest rates have behaved themselves so far, but there's, there's still a fear factor out there. And, of course, if uh, interest rates were to rise quickly due to inflation, that's pretty damaging for anything that's around the home or selling to home builders. So anyway, those are the two reasons that we've traded off. Plus, I mean, the stocks are pretty high. I mean, they did pretty well the previous year. They were primed to, to get knocked knocked down a little bit. So these kind of are interrelated, I think, because I think one of the reasons the housing market's slowing down is because houses are so expensive now, right? Yeah, I would go even further and say it's just availability. If you look at the inventory numbers on new homes and specifically existing homes, the existing home number is shockingly low. There's just not that much out there to buy right now. Affordability, to your point, is absolutely part of it. I mean, prices are very high. It's kind of kind of an interchange there. So we just need some more supply coming on the market. But the struggle we're having right now is that the, the new new building is kind of going at a pace. I think it is probably picking up a little bit based on some data. But you can get a great price to sell your house now. But where are you going to move? Because you might not get a good price on the new one. Actually, the May starch numbers came out today. And they're up 50%, but that's over May of last year. So, like you said, there was a lot of noise last year. Yeah, and if you actually take those numbers and look at the main numbers versus 19, again, taking out the comparison, they were actually up very strong. Understand on Wall Street, there's this whole game around numbers and expectations, particularly around housing numbers. I won't go through the details of it with you. I think sometimes the housing numbers on starch numbers are misperceived, both positively and negatively at times. But the you know, the mortgage application data, I think, you know, tell you the story of, what's going on, that you've just lost some sequential momentum. 
We're at a show here that's probably mostly focused on the remodel or the residential replacement market. The dealers that I talk to are giving me numbers between 20 and 40 percent growth. I talked to Doug Chatterton yesterday with Great Floors. He was telling me, he said, Kemp, I'm up 60 percent in that remodel space. And he says it's because they don't know where to go. They're not going to be able to move. They can't afford to move. And so they're just fixing up where they are. So that's been what we've been talking about a minute ago has been what's driving some of this, right? I think I think it's absolutely right. Historically, new construction and remodel are pretty closely tied together. I mean, they move at different growth rates and stuff like that. But you know, you might see a period of time here where remodel activity actually does better than it would have historically just because of what we said. It's hard to move. You might as well stay where you are and go through a renovation as painful as that process is. It's probably worth doing it. I'm not sure the growth rates that you were mentioning were sustainable longer term, but you know, what the growth looks like is actually a key element on Wall Street as well because besides the stuff I talked about earlier on the stocks, the one kind of lingering question around floor covering company stocks and other large ticket discretionary is what pace of growth are we going to we got to have growth? Have we pulled it all forward? Are we going to maintain it? That's the kind of questions I think investors are kind of wrestling with right now. What's your take? You know, we looked at this 6% number on GDP growth here in the first quarter. What do you think we're going to see the rest of the year? I think the expectations are around 7%. But to get to this industry, you know, this industry probably has a chance, at least for the first half of the year, to outperform. I think it has probably outperformed the economy as a whole. That'll fluctuate up and down given, you know, we're going up against some tough comparisons. But I think maybe the bigger question is, is this a cycle for floor covering of all types, a residential, that's going to run for several years? You know, the stories of the exit from the urban core by the millennials, that's real. My favorite set on that is U-Haul rental rates. It costs like five times as much to rent a truck from San Francisco to Dallas as Dallas to San Francisco. That tells you something right there. As the millennials, you know, start having a house, 2.1 kids and a dog, you know, that's good news for the floor covering industry for the medium term. I feel like that's where we're heading. We'll have some ups and downs or some bumps. But it feels like we're in for a pretty nice cycle on both renovation and I think new construction, too, for several more years. As long as interest rates behave themselves, I always think, uh, you know, think I was, watch out. I was talking to the Bo U guy at ITR, uh, Trend Research Economics, and he was telling us that, uh, yes, this demographic is driving some of this growth. He was also saying, you know, commercial always lags residential. So we're going to start to see some warmth in the commercial market next year. So when you start looking at the total flooring business, 2022 might actually be a pretty good year. Yeah, I think it's interesting on flooring too. I've written several reports about this, about the commercial interior space. You know, if you look at from 2012 to 2018, 19, commercial was good. It wasn't like awesome, but it was good. But it definitely leaned a little bit more towards the new construction side versus commercial remodel. Now, commercial remodel is a incredibly difficult market to track. But just look at vacancy rates and like office space, for example. They never really hit the lows they had in past cycles. So fast forward to today. I agree with the previous comment. I hear all kind of anecdotes on positive trends in commercial. Um, I think we actually probably start seeing some of those in the second half of this year. But where I think it's interesting is in the remodel on commercial. If you think about spaces, I think they haven't been remodeled in a while. I think businesses are going to have to think about the space in the time of COVID, how close people are together, stuff like that. And even if they're going to have folks work in their home and not work in the office, you still end up with a situation that if you're, let's say you're moving an office because you need less space, 
you're still going to be spending money to make that place a place to work. You get tenant improvement dollars when you move in as a new leasee. You're going to be spending those on things like flooring, ceilings, wallboards, stuff, things of that nature. So that churn factor, I think, is absolutely coming. And you can see the remodel business, which for the flooring industry is bigger than new construction. You can see in commercial, it really, really take off. Again, signs second half of 21, I think, are coming. And yeah, 22, both sides of the house could be, to one degree or the other, could be doing really, really well. And quite honestly, that could go into 23 if all the economic factors kind of behave themselves. This is good news. Now, Keith, we're here at the show. What's your perception? Well, you know, as expected, trade shows are slowly getting back to normal. You know, last week here in Vegas, the World of Concrete was here. I didn't like this one. I think it's off to a slow start. But I think these industries that are physical products, consumer-driven products, I think trade shows are really important for them in the future. So I think it's just a matter of getting people used to traveling again. And you'll probably see, I think, in 22, I think, I don't know, absolutely back to normal is right. But I think it'll ramp up over time in a variety of trade shows that go around the consumer. I go to all of them, by the way. I'm like the trade show expert here. I think the death of the trade show has been greatly exaggerated. They may look a little different, though, moving forward. You know, the flooring industry, it, it's seen a lot of change here with the growth of LVT. It does appear LVT is probably kind of finding its market share to one degree or the other, in residential at least. So I think we might start to see a little more balanced growth from the industry as a whole hopefully moving forward. I'm hearing that uh, better in goods are selling. You're seeing a little bit an uptick in wood, a little bit an uptick in ceramics. So uh, I think you may be right. It's great to talk to you, Keith, and I appreciate you spending time with our listeners. Again, have been talking to Keith Hughes, an analyst with Truist, and you've been listening to Kemp R and FloridaLA.net.